Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, Norma Albert, the chair of the Child Nutrition Council of Manitoba, joins us in studio to talk about their fourth annual Stone Soup fundraiser. Then we'll talk to Lisa Trechiak, president of the Prairie Wildlife Rehabilitation Centre, and she'll tell us about their work rehabilitating injured and orphaned wildlife all over Manitoba. Then Mary Pidlaski, citizen journalist for Community News Commons, will stop in to tell us about the article she wrote for CNC about her trip to Ottawa to speak in front of the federal government's standing committee on finance. And finally, Noah Ehrenberg will join us in studio to talk about This Week in Winnipeg through the lens of Winnipeg's citizen journalism project, Community News Commons. All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to RC360. Nolan and Robert with you this morning. We're in mid-March. It's uh, looking pretty nice out finally. I think we've escaped the worst of the Winnipeg winter. I agree. We've got a fantastic show this week. Uh, Really excited about all of our guests today. We've got a pretty packed show. Um, We're going to be talking to Norma Albert of the Child Nutrition Council of Manitoba, uh, citizen journalist Mary Pidlaski. She's got got a great story about uh, uh, her experience recently in Ottawa with Robert Falcon Ouellette. And then we'll talk to Lisa Trechiak, president of the Prairie Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. And she'll tell us all about their great work here in Manitoba, rehabilitating and helping injured wildlife uh, all throughout our great province. So uh, it should be a nice full full episode, Robert. Absolutely. So coming up after our first musical break, we'll be joined in studio by Norma Albert, the chair of the Child Nutrition Council of Manitoba. We'll ask her about Stone Soup, which is their fourth annual fundraiser that I know both of us are looking forward to. Yeah, we, it, well, we went last year. It was awesome. One of my favorite events uh, throughout the year. It's just such a cool, great event and uh, really showcases some of Winnipeg's local talent. Uh, as far as when, as far as chefs are concerned, anyways, mm-hmm. I think they have twelve. Is it twelve chefs that are, are usually showcased? Twelve chefs uh, creating delicious soups that you can try this coming Wednesday. We'll tell you all about it right after Billy Eckstein with "I Love the Rhythm in a Riff" right here on River City 360. I love the rhythm in a riff. When the music jumps, I get a lift. Anything to make it swing. I love the muted trumpet tone. Blend it with a mellow saxophone. What a lot of kicks it brings. When that rhythm's in you, the blues don't have a chance. You'll find that groove will win you. Make you never think about romance. Jump, jump your rhythm with a rip. Any kind of music, it's a lift. Anything to make it swing. When that rhythm's in you, the blues don't have a chance. You'll find that groove will win you, make you never think about romance. Thank you. 
Good morning and welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you along with my co-host Nolan Bicknell and we are now joined by Norma Alberg. She is the chair of the Child Nutrition Council of Manitoba. Norma, thank you so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. It's, uh, it's lovely to be here this morning. First of all, tell us a little bit about the Child Nutrition Council and what it does. Well, the uh, Child Nutrition Council has uh, been around since about 2000. It's a charitable organization and it focuses entirely on providing financial support and uh, resource support to the school breakfast and lunch programs around the province. We've done a lot of coverage of nutrition on our past episodes. We've kind of seen, and I'm sure our listeners have heard as well, how important that the proper nutrition can be for the overall well-being of, of our young people. What are some of the most pressing needs for child nutrition in our province? We need more funding so that we can get uh, more of that to the schools. We're funding uh, just over 200 programs of the uh, 800 schools in the province. So, And we know that there are programs in other schools that haven't requested our funding. But what we provide to them is about 30% of what they're asking us And uh, that's much better than the 10% we were able to give in past years. But, of course, the more funding that we're able to bring in, then uh, the more that they are able to enlarge their programs. Sometimes they may um, choose specific classrooms, but they'd really like to be offering it to more classrooms, perhaps five days a week instead of four. So there are uh, lots of needs there. Over the past year, of course, just the way that we've seen increases in food costs in our home, we're seeing the same thing for the programs. So if they take $20 from last year, they'll get about 12 pounds of apples. And if they take that $20 this year, they might get 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. So that's that's cutting in. They, they have to really try to figure out how to squeeze that budget as far as possible and still keep the nutrition component. Can you give us a couple of examples of what kind of impact that the council has had in terms of helping different schools with their nutrition programs? The program is much more than nutrition for them. The uh, breakfast programs in particular are set up in a particular area or room in the school, and that creates a social environment that's really critical for those students. They come in and they get to interact. Perhaps they're helpers in the program, and they're also gaining skills and confidence, and uh, that translates then to their home and their community life, as well as really optimizing their potential in the classroom. Coming up, the Child Nutrition Council of Manitoba is hosting Stone Soup, which is your annual fundraiser. If you listen to the early days of River City 360, you've no doubt heard our coverage of of last year's event. We look forward to uh, attending this year as well. And it's taking place on Wednesday, (coughs) March 16th from 11.15 to 1.15 downtown at the Manitoba Hydro Building Lobby. Could you tell us a little bit more for maybe for those who don't know about the event, What is Stone Soup and how can people take part? Absolutely. Stone Soup, this is our fourth annual. It's, um, of course, built around the old classic story of Stone Soup where a community comes together and uh, eventually learns to share their food so that everybody receives some sustenance. So we're building on that. We have, um, as in previous years, 12 tremendous 
chefs and their restaurants that donate their soup to us. And um, for the patrons that come in, if they make a donation to the Child Nutrition Council, they have an opportunity then to walk around and try three of the 12 soups. And uh, the soups this year, as in the past, are absolutely mouth-watering. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you showed uh, us the, uh, the list, sort of a sneak preview of what to expect, and I've got to say I'm really, really stoked for this year's lineup. It's and I'm a, sure Nolan agrees with me as well. <laughs> He's nodding his head. <laughs> it, it's a very fun event, but we find that the chefs are such a marvelous bunch, and they're very competitive even at a fun event. So as each year goes by, we, we do hand out these silver ladles, and the people get to uh, vote on it. The chefs, although we have a switch over of about three to five restaurants each year, and some drop out and then they're back in another year, they really come in pumped and ready to win that ladle. So it's a lot of fun. It's an opportunity for us to really fill that pot more so that we can give a higher amount of funding onto the schools. Every dollar that comes in that day, there's no costs or admin fees that come off that. So dollar for dollar is moved right on out to the schools. Last year, we took in over $25,000. And uh, this year, we're hoping to be over 30000 So we really encourage everyone to come along. That's excellent. If people want to find out more information about the Child Nutrition Council, or if they want to support the council directly, where can they go to get more information? Well, we have a wonderful website that has got uh, our resources and our annual reports and much information there, including our Donate Now button. So the uh, website is www.childnutritioncouncil.com. That's all one word, Child Nutrition Council. Perfect. Norma, thank you again so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Thanks for asking us to come in. Make sure you drop in for soup next Wednesday at noon hour at Hydro Place. All right. Norma Alberg is the chair of the Child Nutrition Council of Manitoba. And if you'd like to visit the fourth annual Stone Soup Fundraiser, it is taking place Wednesday, this Wednesday, March 16th, from 11.15 to 1.15 p.m., And uh, that's at the Manitoba Hydro Building Lobby, 360 Portage Avenue. If you want to get your tickets in advance, you can go to childnutritioncouncil.com. You can purchase your tickets Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Manitoba Hydro Lobby, 360 Portage Avenue. Or you can get tickets at the event. Thanks, Robert. Coming up after the break, what would you do if you came across an injured wild animal? Well, our next guest is the person to call. My interview with Lisa Tretiak, the president of Prairie Wildlife Rehabilitation Center, which is one of the participants in Fast Pitch Winnipeg, is coming up next. But first, here's Georgia Gibbs with Sugar Candy, right here on River City 360. You'll always be my sugar candy. You'll always be my sweet, sweet dandy. You'll always be my sugar candy. I'll be true to you, to you. I'll be true to you. You'll always be my sugar candy. You'll always be my sweet, sweet dandy. You'll always be my sugar candy. I'll be true to you, to you. I'll be true to you. How I love your tasty kisses. No kind of candy could taste so sweet. Your affections, my confections, your caress just can't be beat. You'll always be my sugar candy. You'll always be my sweet, sweet candy. You'll always be my sugar candy. I'll be true to you, to you. I'll be true to you. 
sweet, sweet dandy You'll always be my sugar candy I'll be true to you, to you I'll be true to you I'm just living for your loving Nobody thrills me the way you do Love me longer, love me stronger I'm so hungry just for you You'll always be my sugar candy You'll always be my sweet, sweet dandy You'll always be my sugar candy I'll be true to you, to you I'll be true to you I'll be true to you, to you I'll be true to you Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you this morning along with my co-host Nolan Bicknell. Now, Nolan, on previous episodes of our show, River City 360 has been covering Fast Pitch Winnipeg fairly extensively, and now there's just the two big events yeah. left. Uh, the semifinals are coming up this Thursday. That's correct. Uh, yeah, the semifinals are coming up this Thursday night. Uh, it's basically getting down to the wire. Uh, there's All of the presenters are involved in the semis, and then it's going to be cut down to the top 10 for the finals at the Met. Uh, so the event coming up this Thursday is at the Park Theatre, uh, Thursday night, and basically th- it, it's on now. There, there's no more coaching, there's no more preparing. They're going to get on stage and do their three-minute pitches in an attempt to potentially win $7,500 to, to go towards their organizations. And members of the public are welcome to buy a ticket and attend and watch all the great pitches live and in person absolutely so if you like dragon's den or shark tank or any of those shows where you're kind of pitching the idea of what your organization does and trying to uh trying to inspire someone to 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 help out with what you're doing and the great work that you're doing uh come on down because uh, at the met on april 7th is it April 7th, yeah. April 7th at the Met. So if you want more information or if you're looking for tickets online, you can visit fastpitchwinnipeg.org. That's all one word, fastpitchwinnipeg.org. So one of the Fast Pitch presenters is Lisa Treciak. She is the president of the Prairie Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. I spoke to her earlier this week at the last Fast Pitch coaching session about her organization and how they're helping injured and orphaned wildlife right here in Manitoba. What does the Prairie Wildlife Rehabilitation Center do? We actually rehabilitate and treat injured and orphaned Manitoba wildlife with the end goal of releasing them back into the wild. And um, how big of a problem is this in Manitoba? Well, last year our admissions were 1,200 animals. Every year our admissions have been increasing quite drastically. Um, So it's always a problem. We'll always get injured animals because of the cars and uh, flying into buildings. So um, we will always be needed, but hopefully we can do a better job at educating the public on how to treat these animals, who to call, and get them in sooner and treat them faster. How much of your work and your organization's work is educating people about like what's the proper sort of way to handle things when it comes to uh, wildlife in Manitoba. Yeah, we do have an education program and we do a lot of educating even over the phone when people are first calling us. Um, during the springtime, we get a lot of babies in where people assume that they're orphaned and they want to intervene. So we do a lot of questions asking them why are they concerned about it, even times where they can give us pictures and we can actually look at the picture and identify the animal and tell them that no, this is a normal behavior, we don't need it to come into our center. What we would like to see happen with our admissions is having less animals that are healthy and getting more animals that are sick and injured because that's the ones who need our help, not the ones that are being cared for by their parents. 
is it a lot of times that human beings are tr- they want to they want to help oh there looks it looks like something's in trouble but at the same time it's just the way that things naturally are or, or what is that process yeah for sure um, we get a lot of times baby rabbits and people just assume because they're watching that they don't see the mother around that they're orphaned not understanding that the mom only feeds twice a day so unless you're sitting there for a full 24 hours you will never see the mom come in feed her babies and leave because she doesn't want to attract predators to her nest um, so it's, it's really important that people call us first before they go and intervene, even though we know they're caring and understanding, um, because many times that can be more damage to the animal. Um, either they get too used to humans, which makes our job difficult to wild them back up, or they're fed an inappropriate diet. So we want animals to actually be afraid of humans and want to be fly away from us. So if they're not afraid and they want to be around humans, chances are they're going to get killed very quickly. How easy is it to domesticate a wild animal? Is it like easier than we think if you're kind of taking care of it and feeding it or like well the thing is is that domesticating it is not going to happen many wild animals have the natural behavior to be aggressive or to bite but people will assume that because they can hold them and have them in their homes they don't realize when they grow up they become more dangerous Um, so usually the younger animals are going to be the ones that will tend to not become afraid of humans which makes them more dangerous to release in the wild because either they could attack people or they're going to go up to people and the people are not going to know why this animal is coming towards them and and overreact. So it's important that they don't, um, you know, keep these animals in their homes and, and try to keep it as a family pet because they don't see what happens later on when we want to try to wild them back up they can't be dependent on humans they have to be self-sufficient so they can go hunting they can be free they can reproduce and not have any interactions with humans Um, so why is this something that you've chosen to make your your life's work why are you so passionate about this you know I've been doing this for 22 years now and um, I was young I had animals hit our windows uh, especially birds and um, we didn't know what to do with them and some of them unfortunately died and that was because you know back then we thought yes feed them um, bread and milk was the common thing to feed birds which is not at all appropriate Um, and so it was just something interesting and and I I liked wildlife and so later on I was trying to think of what kind of career I'd like to get into and I found wildlife rehabilitation and what's so exciting about it is it changes every day we have animals that truly hate us or are very scared of us and so we have to figure out what's wrong with them try to get them back to their their 100% health and then be able to have them be self-sufficient and be released into the wild so it's kind of a a different way whereas dogs and cats you're trying to make them friendly you're trying to keep them healthy but you have to adopt them out to somebody else who will care for it for the rest of its life we have to get these animals being self-sufficient and and we have to release them. That's our goal is to get them back out there. So we try not to have too much attachments to them, but our goal is to keep getting them back out in the wild to where they're supposed to be. So what kind of, like, who's working within your organization? Do you have vet- veterinarians or what kind of people work for you, for you and with you? Well, we have, um, we're primarily volunteers. We actually only have one part-time um, staff who does education. Um, the rest of us are volunteers. And so we have volunteer vets that will look after our wildlife. So if they have, they need surgery or medications, um, it's it's kind of neat for the vets because it's not something that they typically will see every day. Um, and then we also work with conservation. Uh, the conservation officers, they're out in the field, so they're going to be the ones who will either get calls about the injured wildlife or we may refer the calls to them so that they can help capture these animals and potentially ship them down to Winnipeg where we're sort of based out of. 
Great. Uh, for our listeners who may come across an injured wildlife, where can they find you or where can they find more information about your organization? For sure. You can check our website. It's pwildlife.ca. Um, otherwise, you can also call many of the, the veterinary clinics. We'll have our phone number available. Uh, 311 will also have our number. Um, but our number is 204 uh, 510 uh, Perfect. And that's pwildlife.ca? Correct. All right. Well, thank you very much for talking to us today. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Nolan. If you'd like more information about the Prairie Wildlife Rehabilitation Center, or if you yourself have stumbled across any injured wildlife, please visit their website, as Lisa said, at pwildlife.ca. So the letter P and then wildlife.ca. Coming up after the break, citizen journalist Mary Pidlaski joins us in studio to talk about her latest article on Community News Commons. And later in the show, the convener of CNC, Noah Ehrenberg, will tell us all about what's happening in Winnipeg. But first, here's Bye Bye Blues by Peter Appleyard, right here on River City 360. listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we are now joined in studio by Mary Pidlaski. She is a citizen journalist for Community News Commons. She is a professional realtor here in Winnipeg. She is a board member at Villa Rosa and a mother of a teenage boy, so very busy woman. Mary, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Nolan. Um, so we wanted to have you in to talk a little bit about Community News Commons and your experience with it. Uh, I understand you wrote an article about a week ago that Noah Ehrenberg mentioned last week on the show. So maybe tell our listeners what your what, what was your article about and why did you want to write it? So I just had a really exciting experience come up uh, where I was sent to Ottawa to speak before the finance committee in their pre-budget meetings. There were 92 witnesses, and I was one of three people asked to go um, to Ottawa to speak before them before they make their decisions. Wow. So how did you get involved with with that? Or how did you get uh, invited to come there? So uh, Robert Falcon is actually uh, the... MP for my riding. Okay. And through his campaigning, um, he's very hands on in the community, and we'd met several times. And I was very impressed with him and decided to support him. So it was really through that that we started a connection. And um, 
we he actually um, had visited Villa Rosa once where I'm on the board. So what is Villa Rosa for our listeners who don't know? So Villa Rosa is a convalescence home for young women. It's been around since the late 1800s. Women can go to go to school there and live during their pregnancy. Uh, so there's a prenatal house. It's the largest of the two buildings. They can learn parenting programs, um, make decisions for their child for after. And basically, the people that, the women that get to go and stay there are in a much better position than they were before they went there. Just support for women Absolutely. going through a potentially difficult time? Very difficult time. Okay. And so Robert Falconu let, uh, was, did he come to Ottawa? Was he in Ottawa with you or how did he that He was already in work? Ottawa. So the pre-budget meetings were very extensive. They were working, listening to mainly lobbyists um, from across Canada, mainly CEOs and presidents of Canada's largest companies. Really? To decide what should we do with our budget? Where should we focus? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I f- was able to be one of the people that spoke before them. So he wanted a, more of a human uh, side right. um, to what they were hearing about. And I guess I had, you know, sh- shared more about my personal story to him than I remembered. All right. And he, he didn't forget. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought it was interesting. And I said, well, what do I have to prepare for? Like, how do I prepare? And he says, well, you've been preparing your whole life. Right. So, so just go and tell your just story. Just go. Just go. So I got to do that. I landed off the plane and um, um, his assistant was asking if I would also be on power and politics um, prior to the pre-budget oh, wow. big meeting. So that was pretty exciting. Um, Hannah, Hannah Thibodeau was... Um, was the host that day and she was interested to hear from Robert what um, about his witnesses that he'd invited. Right. And then how does this tie in with CNC? Why did you want to write your article? I just read it this morning, by the way. It was very well written and very well done. Thanks, Nolan. So I had taken the course in the fall for uh, like a journalism class that was being offered um, through Noah Ehrenberg. And I wanted to take the time to write an article. I love writing. Um, it's something that I've always just kind of done, but I've never, you know, published, really published anything or I had a blog, um, but it's been a while since I've done that. So it was a great platform. And I actually had some ideas that were related to real estate that I wanted to pursue in the spring. And then this came up and I just was, I just felt like it was the right time. I needed to do it. I needed to do it. You needed to write the article? Absolutely. Perfect. I mean, so part of what CNC can offer is that it's you're able to tell your story in your own words. Um, and how does that relate to this specific instance? Because I understand you had an article written about you, uh, Noah mentioned last week in the free press, and it wasn't exactly how you uh, would have told the story. So why is it important to use CNC to tell the story in your own words? So I was inspired to write something about it regardless of... This, like your experience? Regardless of, of of it being a response to a free press article right. that came out, I thought it was valuable. It was experience that, you know, very few people in the country may ever have. Sure. And I'm not sure that it would ever happen to me again. It could, but it was just a, a chance in a lifetime opportunity to meet these people and, and, and go to parliament. For sure. Um, so then when this article came out, I thought it was even more important to get something out right away um, to sort of rectify what was written about what the meetings 
you know, what the outcome of the meetings were because it, it was just wrong in my opinion. So where can our listeners go and read your article on Community News Commons? You can go to Community News Commons and look up a Winnipeg woman's human experience on Parliament Hill. That's the name of your article? That a, is. a Winnipeg women's a Winnipeg woman's human experience on Parliament Hill. And that and this is all in your own words of your experience in Ottawa as one of only ninety three 92. 92. 92 people who got to speak on the Government Standing Committee on Finance. Yeah, and you can also watch the link to Power and Politics that was aired on February 19th. Fantastic. So thank you very much, Mary Podlaski. She is a board member at Villa Rose, a mother of a young teenage boy, a citizen journalist for Community News Commons, and a professional realtor here in Winnipeg. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks, Nolan and Robert. Thanks, Nolan. If you want to get involved with Community News Commons, you can become a citizen journalist and tell your story. Just visit cncwpg.org to learn more. Again, that's cncwpg.org. And coming up next, the convener of Community News Commons, Noah Ehrenberg, will be joining us in studio to talk about just a few of the great articles posted on Community News Commons this week. But first, here's the Spitfire Band with Let's Dance, right here on River City 360. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And we are now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons and a friend of the show. Noah, thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. So our listeners just heard Mary Palatsky's interview about her experience with Community News Commons. But, Hmm. I mean, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of, of more of other citizen journalists that are writing on Community News Commons every single week. That's right. So what are some of the stories that you've brought for us this week. Well, this week, you know, like the old Sesame Street, uh, this uh, segment will be brought to you by the letter B, because we're going to be talking about <laughs> okay. uh, books, buses, bull rushes, and boy bands. Is this all one story? No, no, this okay, is four this different four, stories. Four stories all That's brought right. to you by so the letter B. So let's start with books, and Heather Amberley is the citizen reporter that uh, has a nice little story called A Tribute to Myrtle, how books 
how book lovers help sick kids. And basically, what Heather does is um, she uh, looks at an obituary uh, that was recently run in uh, the Winnipeg Free Press um, that talks about a woman who was a voracious reader uh, who would never miss uh, the St. Vitale book sale. And oh, yeah. um, now, of course, Heather had never met this uh, woman named Myrtle, but she imagines uh, what Myrtle would have been uh, like in terms of, uh, her, her, you know, how she would go to these different book sales because the, um, the Children's Hospital book market has been around for 56 years. And Myrtle went to every single one? She went to every single oh. one. So she may have even have been at the first one that uh, that first used book sale back in 1961 in Polo Park. I, some cool. of our listeners might remember that. Um, but in any case, it, this is a nice device that uh, Heather does in terms of storytelling uh, about uh, talking how the book market, these used okay. book markets, basically raise money for the Children's Hospital. And in many ways, you know, someone like Myrtle um, is to pediatric research what book market volunteers are to children. Right. You know, both sort of symbolize hope for the future. Uh, basically, every scientist sort of toiling in a lab. Um, you, for every one of those, there's a book market volunteer who's working tirelessly to support that Great. research and uh, programming that goes on at the Children's Hospital. So, so it's a really good uh, story for our, for our listeners Great. to uh, to read and to find out how they can get involved. Fantastic. So that's the first B, books. books What's the second B? Buses by Anne Hobb. Uh, Anne Haw, who has been uh, writing a number of stories recently, uh, she um, looks at uh, Winnipeg Transit, the new code of conduct on Winnipeg Transit. She is a bus rider herself, and Anne talks about how she feels a little safer on transit now that there are some cameras on Winnipeg Transit, and she sort of compares us to other cities where they have, mm. you know, special constables that ride on buses and different things like that. She looks at the technology that Winnipeg Transit uses, and um, she really um, uh, sort of t- looks, t- does a, a comparative analysis of how oh. Winnipeg measures up when it comes to transit. So cool. it's, a, it's a good uh, good look. I mean, it's not all bad news. In fact, she says despite challenges, Winnipeg Transit does actually measure up quite nicely. That's good to hear. And so, the other B... Well, Bull Rushes, did bull you say? Bull Rushes, that's what? right. There's a new gallery that opened last year in Manitoba, just outside of Winnipeg Beach, just west of Winnipeg Beach, called Bull Rushes. And uh, Tim Wall writes a little story about uh, this... Uh, this new gallery. Uh, there's um, the, the gallery itself is quite beautiful, but th- they've um, what they what this story is about is is the um, a series of virtual galleries that uh, Bull Rushes has been able to put together. That when you go to their website, uh, bullrushesgallery.ca, and you can cruise these virtual galleries that have more than 500 pieces of original art, including works by many Manitoba art legends and, uh, and pioneers. And so, you know, there's, there's just hundreds of outstanding works by artists um, who are known and some are less well known, but every bit as talented, um, you know, as their more established uh, contemporaries. So it's a really um, interesting story of uh, how t- uh, this gallery, Bull Rushes, is making fine art more accessible and uh, sort of priced uh, right for uh, people who uh, would like to buy it. So yeah, they, there are a few is that great art doesn't need to come at a great price. Wow, interesting. So you, you can take a virtual tour of an art gallery sitting from the comfort of your own home. That's right. And so you can look at all these. I mean, even if you're not into buying the art, yeah. I mean, it's just beautiful to look cool. at. Very yeah, cool. Very nice uh, story. I think our listeners would really enjoy it. So the last B, I'm, I'm apprehensive to ask you about boy, boy bands, bands because yeah. it's not necessarily <laughs> my, my cup of tea, but tell me about the boy bands, Well, please. I tell you, the reason why I like this story, Young and Savvy, it's called Shirley Kowalchuk, 
This is her first story. And she's been okay. working, uh, you know, she's been, uh, she came to some of the workshops. We do some workshops with Community News Commons every spring and fall uh, that looks at multimedia storytelling. Uh, and we do zo- those workshops for free. So Shirley was at a few of those last uh, fall, it would have been. And um, she writes a story about this band called Panicland, which is basically, a, a, I guess, boy band. And I don't mean that in a pejorative sense. They mm-hmm. are a couple of young, or, or four young men. And, uh, but what she looks at is she looks at how this band basically has perfected the art of self-promotion. And she looks at sort of the way the music industry is changing uh, through, um, and she, she looks at that through the eyes of this band uh, and how they uh, basically have this uh, social network presence. Yeah, the online presence. The online yeah. presence. They, they basically connect with their fans uh, online on, and on basically any social media network that you can imagine. And they, they do it with a lot of technical savvy. Uh, they are talented. You know, they, they, uh, they aren't just pretty faces. They are, uh, they are talented musicians. Cool. But it's really the art of how they get their music out there. I mean, they play all sorts of different venues. They, you know, they'll play a yeah. school dance or they'll... Basically, it's, a, it's a, a, a way for them to get their music out there. And they, um, uh, you know, what Shirley Kowalczyk, the author, does is she... she uh, sort of compares this to the way the music, music industry used to be in the 1980s. Right. And uh, it's, it's quite an interesting cool. comparison. In fact, one of the, uh, well, the, the person who runs this band, or at least who helps these guys out, his name is Glenn Willows, and he was the guitarist for Harlequin oh, cool. uh, way oh, yeah. back in the Classic day. Classic band. And um, Shirley mentions that, and there's a great little picture of Harlequin with their big hair. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> it's actually really, uh, it's, a, it's a nice comparative uh, analysis of, uh, of what bands are like uh, today, now, now and then, as, you know, now and then. So it's cool. a, it's a really good look at things. Now I'm not going to play a Panic Land song for <laughs> okay. our listeners because I, I understand that's not exactly the demographic that CJNU right. is known for. <laughs> However, we like to bring you on every week to bring us a local band. So yes. you, sometimes it's folk, sometimes it's it's uh, light rock, sometimes it's classic. But what have you brought for us this week? Well, this week I thought because St. Patrick's Day is pretty much just around the corner. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought I would uh, offer up a song from uh, the local band Dust Rhinos. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a local act that uh, they always get into the St. Paddy's Day festivals, or, or festivities, rather. And um, uh, and this time, this uh, St. Patrick's Day, they are not playing just once, but they will be playing three times over the course of two days. Uh, these guys, uh, they're Celtic uh, rock favorites, really. They're going to hit Finn McCool's uh, for the afternoon uh, and then the King's Head uh, for the whole night on March the 17th. And then uh, they will be at the Park Theatre the following day on uh, March 18th uh, for this big, uh, it's called the Big Sociable. It's sort of a Celtic-themed cool. evening of songs and stories featuring the likes of Nathan Rogers, J.D. Edwards, Rain Hamilton, Red Moon Road, uh, Daniel uh, Polkan Hopner. And Andrew Neville. So it's a quite a lineup awesome. uh, on March the 18th. So um, I would like to uh, play a tune, uh, Dust Rhinos tune, called Friends of Mine from their 2015 release, I Should Behave. And that's uh, right here on River City 360, CGNU 93.7 FM. It's not just luck. We will share the pain. 
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a big thank you to all of our guests for speaking with us today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, please visit us online at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. Please give us a call. We would love to hear from you. Call 204-944-9474, extension 360, and leave us a comment about the show, or even request a song or suggest a topic for a future show. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can find us on the web, on Twitter and Facebook, at RiverCity360 on Twitter, and search RiverCity360 on Facebook. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for RC360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday. Sunday.